2,000 years ago in the city of Jerusalem, as, as the town was, city was coming awake in the morning before anything really stirred or a lot of noise, you could hear one single voice, one single voice just inside the city gate. Somebody that I imagine stopped in the middle of the street and just shouted, He is risen! Now, let's do that in a little voice, just like that one little voice amongst hundreds of thousands of people. Do that. He, do it with me. He is risen. Now, during the day, Jesus started appearing, and there was more encounters of seeing he really is risen, and that voice rose, and more people were going through the streets yelling, he is risen. So let's do that together. One more time, a little louder. Ready? He is risen, but it got louder by that night. The whole town was abuzz, and all Jesus' closest disciples were gathered in an upper room together, and he appeared to them, and they shouted, and it rocked the roof. Let's do that one. Ready? He is risen. That's what it felt like 2,000 years ago. That first Easter day, and I hope that's the way we feel when we all roll out of here today. We're glad you're all here. Welcome to Westview Community Church. To our guests, I see a number of new faces. My name is Brian. I am our lead pastor, and uh, Lene, our worship leader, was talking about this worship guide. We're gonna talk about the Easter story here a little bit, and there's gonna be an outline here on the back of this that you can take notes to kind of cover what we talked about today to go back and check. Uh, Review, look, yeah, just keep celebrating today through the week. Also to our guests, there's this connect card which is really important to us. If you would, whether you're just visiting with family, we would love you fill this out because we would love to send you a note saying thanks for hanging. You're always welcome every time you're here. But if you're, if you're looking for a church home, we would love you fill this out and put your name, uh, an email address or phone number that we can reach out to you and just help you. We want to help guide, is this where God wants you and as a church home? So we'd love to do that with you also. When you leave today, you can drop them off in these boxes by the doors upstairs uh, and down here, or there's a welcome center right outside these west doors and somebody there to greet you also. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John in your Bibles, chapter 5. We're going to get there in just a little bit. That's where our key scripture is today, the Gospel of John. It's about three-quarters of the way through your, your Bible, right after the other Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so jump in there, John chapter 5. And kids, how many kids? Every, all kids, like raise your hands, like, like maybe 6th, 7th grade and, and younger. Raise your hands. Those of you who feel like you should be in 6th grade, so you can raise your hands too. So here's the deal. I want you, I purposely did not get my sermon done. So I want you actually, there's gonna be part of this, I'm gonna need your help writing it. So here in just a few minutes, don't come, don't come now, but in a few minutes I wanna shout at you, come on down. I want you to come, all of you come on down. We're gonna gather up here and you're gonna help me actually write part of my sermon so we can help make a point so everybody can understand. So you ready for that? Okay. Okay, I want to get the kids all excited. So here we are, first note together, our first note together. Easter morning started with a complication. The very first Easter morning started with a complication. How'd your Easter morning start? <laughs> Did you have any complications? Was the drive-through line a little long on the way here at the coffee shop? Was a binky lost under the seat? Was, where's that shoe, right? My Easter shoe I wear every year, it's gone. The very first Easter morning started with a big complication. As the sun was coming up, the Bible tells us there was a small group of women heading to Jesus' tomb. Their job, their honor, what they wanted to do was they were carrying spices 
They were going to go to the tomb and they were going to actually put spices on his, his dead body, his decaying body, a way of still caring for him. And on their way, they knew there was a big problem ahead, yet they kept going. They knew there was a big problem, a big complication ahead. And we see this in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. It says, very early on that Easter Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? So there's a big complication here. They're heading there to do their task, faithful to Jesus' body, but they have this problem, and it was ahead. Who will roll away the tomb? Who will roll away the stone? There's three complications here. Actually, the tomb is sealed in three ways. The first way is there is a physical stone, a large stone too heavy for them to handle that was sealing the tomb. That was the physical complication. The second complication was one of authority. The Romans had this tomb sealed. We assume they would take a rope, put it across a rock, wax seals on the end. Nobody break that seal under the authority of Roman rule. The third complication was there was a human complication here and that it was covered by Roman guards in full guard, full armor, dagger, spear. It was guarded. And so that kind of gives us a big picture here as they walk to say, who, who is going to roll away that stone? Before the women arrived in the tomb, God had already answered their question. He sent a messenger to remove all the complications. And we see this in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. And suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow, and the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. So this is even earlier in the morning that God sent a messenger well ahead of the women the messenger, he overcame the complication of authority. He stripped away the seal. And he overcame the physical uh, issue and that he actually rolled back the stone. And then he sat on it. And this is how I imagine he looked. Ready? <laughs> Defiant. Completely, 100% defiant. Defiant saying nobody, nobody was going to disrupt God's plan. So here's our second sermon note. It's kind of re, 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 making this point really important. An angel rolled back the stone. This is important for later. An angel rolled back the stone. And when he did that, the guards shook and they fainted. And then we can assume most fainting doesn't last very long. When they came to, they did what everybody else would have done. They ran. So the angel overcame the last complication, the human one. The angel remained atop the stone. This moment was too important for we see the hinge of all history is going to happen in the next few moments. 
And when I say the hinge, I'm saying everything in the world pointed to this moment and everything today points back to it. And that angel was going to make sure there were no more complications. The setting was perfect as the women arrived and they discovered Jesus' tomb was empty. Was empty. And we see in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew 28, the angel had a message for the women. He said, don't be afraid. He says, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, come, the angel says. Come see where he was lying. And the women go in to the grave and they look where the body was and it was gone. And then the angel told him this. He said, and now go quickly and tell. Are they going to tell? The first shouts, he is risen. I think the word empty has never been such a full word in all the history of mankind. An empty tomb, this is really important, an empty tomb means several things. The first thing, the empty tomb means Jesus is alive. They weren't expecting that. They were expecting a dead body. Jesus is alive. Death could not hold Jesus. The grave wasn't his last chapter in life. Up to that point, resurrection had never been seen or understood. But not only does it mean Jesus is alive, it also means death has died <laughs> I like this <laughs> death has died because of Jesus' resurrection death no longer is the final answer death has died and the third thing an empty tomb means for us is that the past has no more power and some of us need to hear this today the past has no more power see death was was up to that moment the penalty for sin but Jesus paid that penalty. Death has no more power. The Bible tells us it has no more sting. Sin has no more power over anybody either. And Jesus has taken away the power of the past and the power of sin with an empty tomb. And the last thing an empty tomb means for us is that the future is unimaginable. <laughs> Not only did we not know what resurrection was, we didn't know where we were going. And all of a sudden, now, the future becomes unimaginable. Because Jesus rose from the grave, those who believe in him will rise too. Which means the future for us in heaven with him is unimaginable. One well, of my favorite verses whenever we do a celebration of life, a funeral service is 1 Corinthians 2.9. No eye is seen. No ear is heard. No mind can get its arms around what God has planned for those who love him. Let's soak in that for just a second. An empty tomb means Jesus is alive. Death has died. Past doesn't have any more power. The future is unimaginable. Empty has never been such a full word. 
One day, shift in topic here now, one day there'll be a stone covering our tomb, your tomb and mine. And so this question came to mind as I was writing this sermon was, how much will that stone weigh? How much will that stone weigh? And this is a part of the sermon I didn't get done. So kids, come on down. Come running down. I want you to help me. Come up here, gather around. We're going to figure this out together. For those of our kids who are online, and we want you answering these questions with us too, so just shout them out. If you're on Facebook Live, you can just type them in. We'd love to hear what you're doing. Come on in. Sit around right here. Kind of make a circle. Let's see, I need this. Mom and Dad's worst nightmare, a live microphone. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we get everybody? Anybody else? We still got room. One more. Okay. Yay! Thanks for joining us. All right, so here's a question that I couldn't figure out is how much, how much... There's going to be a stone over our tomb one day. And so how much does that stone weigh? And so I, I need to ask you a couple of questions. It'll help me figure this out, okay? First, first, what is sin? And those online, you can type those answers like, what is sin? What's sin? Uh, something bad. Yeah, good. Yeah, sin is something bad. Who wants to add to that? What else do we know about? Frankie. Something God tells us not to do. Good. It is bad, and it's something God tells us not to do. Anybody else want to add to that? Okay. Yeah. Uh, something that, the, that Satan likes. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, yeah. Something's bad. Something God tells us not to do, and obviously Satan likes us to hurt ourselves and do those. Yeah. Those are all really good. So here's the next question. Let me look at my next question here. So how, when, 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 when we sin, how does it make you feel? How does it make you feel? It makes me feel really bad because if I do something that my parents don't like, it makes them upset and I don't feel very good. Yeah, very good. Do you want to answer? What does it make you feel like when we sin? Bad for mom and dad. Yeah. Because it hurts mom and dad, doesn't it? So we don't like to do that, too, and we hate how it makes others feel. Uh, it makes me feel guilty. Guilty. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Yes. It makes me feel guilty, too. Yeah. A double guilty. Yeah. So the word I would use is, like, it makes us feel heavy, right? It makes us feel heavy. Our heart's heavy. It makes us feel heavy about our relationship with God and our relationship, because that's what sin does. It hurts our relationship with him, and it hurts our relationship with our parents and our friends and people. So, what's that? And the people we do it to. Yeah, very much so. Good. You guys are getting this down pat. So we talk about heavy. So it's heavy on our, it's heavy on our heart. Uh, the scripture tells us that we should throw off every sin that weighs us down. So it tells us that sin has a weight to it, right? So we said that makes us heavy. So how much do you think one sin weighs? One sin. So like, like how many pounds do you weigh? Do you know? I think it's like um, 62. Okay, 62 so 62 pounds. pounds. So what do you think one, just one, one sin, how much does just one weigh? 
in pounds. Take a guess. 35.6. 35.6. That's heavy. That's heavy. How much do you think it is? 10. 10. 10 pounds. How many, Frankie, how many do you think? Unimaginable. Unimaginable. There is a deep thinker. All right. 100 pounds. 100 pounds. The biggest whale on earth with a horse on top of it. The biggest whale on earth with a horse. That is a definition I would have, I'm going to write that down. That's really good. That's really good. Well, I think, I think we're all right in some ways, but I'm going to say this is a two-pound barbell. So let's just say for today, let's be a little conservative. Let's say it weighs, one sin weighs two pounds, okay? Two pounds. So now we're going to have to do math. You guys love math? So, <laughs> so here's the next question. If, if one sin weighs two pounds, how many times do you think we're going to sin today? Hopefully none. Hopefully none, yes. But we know probably in reality we will, right? Zero so times. how? what do you think? How many do you think? How many times? Zero times. How many? Zero. Zero times, yeah. But the truth is we probably will. So how many times do you think we'll sin today? A lot, like, I don't know, ten Give me times? Number. Ten, good. It's a good number. Frankie? Um, I would say... Probably about 10.2. 10.2. Wow, we got fractions all around. All right, one more. Um, I'm going to say maybe mm, two or three. Two or three. Okay. So let's go with that. Let's go with two or three. So let's do some math. I brought my calculator because it's going to take some, right? So it's kind of cheating, but I'm just not good at math. All right, so, so what we know is we know, let's say that we, uh, let's go with two. Let's say two times a day, right? So if we, if we sin two times a day, there's how many days in a year? Four. 365. So that means we will sin 730 times this year. 730 times is how many times we'll sin this year. If we just do it twice a day, okay? So now we take that, and then we say, well, then if it's 730 times, and each one weighs two pounds, we take that times two, and that's 1,460 pounds of weight a year. A year, right? But here's the next thing. That's just one year. So what's the average lifespan? How long do you think you'll live? Go ahead. Good. That's close. That's close. Um, 100 days. 100. Wow. 99. 99. That's pretty good. One more. One more. Well, about an estimate because my friend's, <laughs> no fraction. My, friend's my friend's grandpa is 102, so Wow. I think about, that's an average? About 97. Okay. So, so we got a lot of range there, but we all make it quite a ways. We got that figured out. So the average age for male and female is roughly 80 years right now, 80 years. So if we take 1,460 pounds times 80 years, do you know how much sin weighs over a lifetime? No. 116,800 pounds. 116,800 pounds over a lifetime. So to give you an idea, that's 58 tons. That's like six or seven school buses on top of each other is how much that sin weighs. Now hold on a second. This is fun. So I wanted to give you an idea. So do me a favor. Um, stand up. Would you mind standing up for me? 
I want you to stand and face everybody. I want you to take these two pounds. I want you to hold on to it. I want you to hold your arm out here to the side and just hold it. Okay, hold it. Got it? How long do you think you can hold that? So that's two pounds, and it gets harder, doesn't it? You start to feel it? Now, can you imagine one person with both his arms carrying our 116,800 pounds times billions of people, and that's how much Jesus took the weight of our sin on him? Yeah, just today, right? Seven point, almost eight billion people and all that weight, and look how hard it is to hold two pounds. And yet Jesus carried all of ours, all of ours. Thank you, that's good, that's good. So there's the last thing. 